The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. We are going to talk, though, about the other decisions the government have made in the budget because I am joined in studio by Alan Barrett, who is CEO of the ESRI. Uh, Alan, you're very welcome. Um, Before we talk about individual measures that maybe have have kind of raised concerns or eyebrows, however you want to describe it, what is the overall assessment of the package? The overall assessment is is pretty positive. Uh, So, I mean, just to go back to what the government was trying to do, everybody, I think, understood they had an enormously difficult job. Uh, Inflation is running so high um, and you know, unprecedented in more modern times, if I can put it like that. Uh, So their task was essentially to try and insulate um, a a, a reasonable proportion of the population from the the difficulties that inflation is uh, presenting them. But of course, if they tried to insulate everybody, the bill would have been absolutely enormous. And as I think we may have talked uh, previously, uh, you know, very wealthy people, uh, you know, perhaps didn't really need, uh, you know, the the sort of supports that other. So there was a need to to target uh, those insulating measures as, as much as possible. And by and large, uh, for, for the year 2022, they've actually achieved this. So what the ESRI were presenting today, uh, my colleagues have quite a difficult task. I mean, uh, as you sort of suggest already, there were an awful lot of measures in the budget um, that affect an awful lot of sort of family types in different ways. So essentially what my colleagues in the Institute try and do is bring all the measures together uh, using a, a, a data set from the Central Statistics Office with, with, with thousands and thousands of people in it to try and then sort of work out, well, how is the budget affecting the different groups? And when you do that, what you see is the government were actually quite successful. I mean, lower income people, certainly in 2022, are going to be very well insulated from the worst of inflation. Uh, As you move up the income uh, groups, higher income people are not going to be insulated to the same degree. Overall, as a population, we're going to be slightly worse off. uh, But the government got that balancing act uh, pretty pretty well. Uh, And they did it primarily, though, through the one-off measures. These were the things that made the big difference. Okay, so what what concerns have you, though, looking into the future because they used one-off measures to achieve this, particularly mm. if the conditions that exist now persist into the future? Exactly. Well, I mean, just to give you a couple of examples then, like some of the one-offs here, uh, for example, if you take the, the double social welfare uh, payment in November, of course, then there will be this Christmas bonus. There were additional payments related to the fuel allowance. So th- this is what we mean by, by, by the one-offs. So they were very positive, but obviously they will go into people's pockets uh, but they're, they're, they won't sort of persist into next year. Uh, the, the flip side, on the more permanent measures, uh, the, the, the sort of the dial was moved slightly in the other direction. Uh, I mean, probably the, the headline move, uh, measure from a taxation perspective was this, uh, the increasing in the, in the 40% rate. Okay, or the threshold rather at which that is paid. So that, that was the one that's benefiting people, you know, possibly about a, a 800 euro. Um, welfare rates have been increased, but the 12 12 euro uh, on most of the headline uh, welfare rates doesn't actually quite match inflation. So looking into next year, you've got this sort of discrepancy. So great targeting in 2022, less so in 2023. And as you've suggested, if the sort of inflationary pressures we're, we're seeing persist, and let's be clear, the Department of Finance in their own numbers expect the inflationary mm. pressures to persist, the issue will come up again as to whether or not a second set of one-off measures are going to be required. Okay, so in layman's terms for people, you get six, eight, nine months down the line and the double payment in November, the Christmas payment, the bonus, all of that, that has come and gone and the increases in welfare are being outstripped by inflation. Higher income earners, Mm -hmm. they're still accruing the benefit and will 
indefinitely until there is another tax change of of the increase of the 40% rate threshold. Exactly. And just to compound it a little bit, if you go back to this time last year, social welfare rates were increased, but they were increased on the basis that inflation this year would be around 2%. Okay. So in a sense, throughout 2022, social welfare rates have lagged inflation. Okay. If you go in and the same thing essentially happens then in 2023, you have this compounding effect. Now, the government a long time ago, uh, I think it was through a, a commission on social welfare uh, had this sort of a general objective that welfare, you know, most of the welfare payments should come out. I think it was about a third of average industrial earnings or something like that. I forget exactly the metric. Mm. But there is a policy objective to make sure that welfare payments, uh, you know, relate reasonably well to uh, to wages. And that's to ensure then that people on welfare are, are not in poverty. Uh, and So when you have these sort of things arising uh, over time, where you have that sort of slippage, then the break occurs. It actually raises a, a much bigger Sorry, question. Sorry, it's kind of it's, a, it's kind of like Goldilocks porridge, is it? You don't want it too hot or too cold. You, you, you don't want to disincentivize people to work. You don't want them to slip into poverty. You want it just right. Well, I, I, ideally, I mean, in, in all truth, and this is another thing that comes out of, of ESRI research over the years, the sort of, uh, you know, the disincentive to work, um, you know, look, people talk about it. Oh, but, God, but the news or text line it, it, fired look, up with people but, who, who tell me that they'd be better off on social welfare. I'm they never sure, actually do I'm it. I'm sure they do. But again, going back to the major data sets, one of the surprising surprising things that comes out is that very often you see people who might be better off in welfare, but they actually do go out to work because I think they have a longer uh, sense. The other thing actually we pick up in the ESRI well, uh, research is the extent to which people actually don't even take up the welfare uh, payments that they're due. Medical cards, classic example of that, actually. So anyway, that 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 yeah. u- ugly world out there of all these uh, people. Sorry, anyway, I interrupted you. Uh, I can't remember what I was saying. Well, OK, then let's talk about um, <laughs> the possibility then that they may need to intervene if in Indeed, we get sure. to a situation next spring, early summer. Uh, yeah, where I mean, I think it's it, it's more likely as we move into the winter. Okay, year. and you're 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 back to this ongoing question about where are we going to be this time next year in terms of the energy squeeze. It's it's a great unknown. I I, I think people sort of generally are, are um, you know just sort of scrambling around trying to work this out. But there is just the broader uh, point I'll make before we move on. Uh, the question does arise from time to time as to whether or not welfare payments and indeed tax bans, bans should be automatically indexed. Okay, so rather than sitting around here, uh, you know, discussing uh, have they matched inflation or not, a lot of countries have a system whereby all of these things just are automatically uh, indexed and that, in a sense, sort of takes the discussion away. All right, well, that that isn't the situation here. So we will be back next year discussing Probably. Budget 2024. <laughs> and if... Uh, uh, the conditions haven't changed if we're still dealing with inflation and huge energy prices how would you assess this far out and maybe it's difficult the government's finances to 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 implement the same one-off measures next year Good question. I mean, I, I and I think this is again, you know, another area where they deserve a certain amount of credit. I think it's, it's sort of well understood that the the public finances are uh, sort of exaggerated uh, because of the uh, the corporation tax uh, receipts, and there can be no complacency around that. But I mean, the government already have put the two billion away this year in the rainy day fund. Uh, Four billion, I think, it's going to be next year. So I think they've almost. I mean, they didn't sort of say this that you know the rainy day fund you normally think is going to be a longer term thing than possibly having to draw on it. Now next year. Yeah. But if the pressures and the difficulties are still there, uh, I think cleverly they have set up this fund which should allow them to possibly do the sort of things that will be needed. Can you explain to me the logic of putting a levy on concrete and concrete blocks? Uh, no. 
in in a nutshell. Um, one of the stranger uh, decisions, I, I, I have to say, um, to come out of the the system, if I can call about that in recent times, any economist, there's there's, there's a sort of a, a mini study or a, a field in, in in economics. People are always interested in the what we call the incidence of taxation and other matters. There was always this idea, even if the government says, "I'm going to levy the tax on X, Y, and Z," uh, do X, Y, and Z actually pay the tax, or are they able to move it on yeah. to other people? And sim- similar things uh, when subsidies come along. Uh, very basic economic analysis would tell you that if you're going to put a, a, a levy on blocks uh, in a situation where, uh, let's put it like, you know, the demand for blocks is very high, the way the market works, the ease with which builders could move this on yes. is, is is pretty well, trivial. It, it, and, it, and again, yeah. to, just to finish the point, you know, OK, so there were always questions about, well, who's going to pay for the redress scheme? And at some point the government decided, well, you know, society was going to pay. Why we thought a limited group in society, which are people who are trying to build houses, that they should be the group to pay for it. Um, I, it's, it was a very strange decision. Yeah, and I know Leo Bradker's talked about the need for the construction industry to contribute. But as you say, it will be moved out. His cabinet colleague, uh, Michael McGrath, one of the architects of the budget, he acknowledged straight out the gap here on budget day on this show. He says, oh, no, we accept that this will be passed on. So... Mm. Even he acknowledged oh, this will be passed on. It just seems remarkable from an economic point of view when people talk about supply and demand. They're great to tinker around on the demand side because it directly helps potential voters. And on the supply side, they seem to have increased the cost of housing. Well, on, on that particular one, but it's, that it's you know, the, the, the fundamental question is like, who, who should pay for the MICA redress scheme? And the idea it's people who are about to build a house? I, I just, I can't like that. That's the effect. And I, for the life of me, I, I can't. I've really just finished building it. a house. It won't cost me anything. Mm. Somebody in the exact same situation as me starting tomorrow, they're going to have to pay for it. Pay for it. And and it, and it just seems. And you know, I'd say ten seconds of economic analysis uh, would have <laughs> presented that answer. So is it, that's what I say. It, it is a little bit strange. It is a little bit strange. But listen, it should be acknowledged. Uh, you know, we, we love someone to maybe you know, stick the boot into the government on occasion. But a, a broad assessment is a positive one and Absolutely. they seem to have struck the balance uh, pretty well on this occasion. Alan, pleasure as always. Thanks for coming into studio. Alan Barrett is the CEO of the ESRI. Stay with us. Ger Gilroy is going to be here after the break talking about all the weekend sporting action. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.